with zero copay, no expensive appointments, and no awkward face-to-face conversations. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, 4hymns.com slash joy. That's 4hymns.com slash joy for your free online visit. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash J-O-Y. This message sponsored by the Louisiana Workforce Commission. My name is Stephanie Simeon. I am the Executive Director for the Workforce Development Board. We want our community back in Lake Charles. We offer a plethora of services, education, financial assistance, supportive services. We are here to put you back to work, Louisiana. Find out how the Louisiana Workforce Commission can help you at laworks.net. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Mike White should continue to play. Continue to start him, Robert Sala. We've already seen this happen before. We've seen it happen in Washington with Robert Vera and Carson Wentz. Taylor Heineke's out there. Dudes are playing for Taylor Heineke. You can see that. Guys are playing for Mike White. And it, it brings up a bigger discussion because I know when guys are drafted high, there's all this talk around quarterbacks and the word potential, right? I'd much rather have production than potential. GJ and Max. Mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM. KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, saddle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. For the corner Corpion. Topics today on the Sports Hangover as we open up hour number three. Coming up next segment, Scott Rabelais, columnist for The Advocate. Did you see that they had 15,000 at the PMAC last night for the LSU women's basketball team? They improved to 21-0. They beat Tennessee. We'll talk to him about that atmosphere and legitimately. Um, can they win the national championship? Can they make it to the final four? They got a showdown coming up against South Carolina real soon so we'll get into that here as well our question of the day is would you or make a case for or against the saints trading for Derek carr reason why i brought that up is something that jeremy Fowler mentioned and i will touch on that we also will review uh it looks like denver is either going to be jim harbaugh or sean payton why is it those two? I gave kind of my thoughts on that. We'll touch on that here this segment as well. And then, of course, you can always chime in on the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic Hotline. We spoke with Ty Graffinini back at 1230. He was at shoot-around as the Pills take on the Nuggets tonight. Six-and-a-half-point underdogs at Denver. But at shoot-around, CJ, B.I. look like they're going to be playing tonight. So uh, let's see what happens tonight against the Nuggets as they've split the season series. Both games have been here. They won the first one, and then they lost the uh, the one ninety nine ninety eight here recently, just I think last week. So love to get that eight game losing streak snapped, right? Because Thursday, Luka Doncic, who you know put up fifty one last night, uh, is waiting for them on Thursday as the Mavs beat the Pistons. On this uh, MVP tour that the Pels are on right now. Giannis, the Joker tonight, and a leading candidate for this year's MVP, Luka Dantich, who, again, dropped the 50-burger. All right, so this was Jeremy Fowler 
earlier today was his why it is our question of the day because it, I guess, involves the Saints. So this is a trade that needs to happen relatively soon because he's got that $40 million in guarantees that kicks in shortly after the Super Bowl. So I'm told that this trade talk hasn't really sparked yet, but in the next few weeks it definitely will. So the Raiders are in control of the trade, but Carr has a no-trade clause. So they have to decide how much they want to get Carr involved in those talks if he can go initiate a trade with another team so it's my understanding that a lot of these dominoes have to fall senior bowl coming up this week that's usually a place where teams like to meet and and debate and Mm -hmm. talk about possibilities so things could heat up here soon so that's why i was i was bringing it up right because again this is an organization last year we're a quarterback away from a championship run they went as all in as you can for the sean watson he made the choice I mean, the owner of the football team met with them. They were in, all in. And then this season happened. And this is why I keep saying, are, are you in the, the injuries? Just bad luck. Things didn't go according to plan. Learning experience, learning on the job. May, may, maybe some personnel decisions didn't go the way we thought, but th- now we have that under our belt. Still there. Again, I, I'm just saying, look at what John, who joined us in hour number one from Saints Wire, kind of put up there. You know, roster needs. I mean, is he, is he wrong? Quarterback, you need. That's a need. Defensive tackle, that's a need. Running back, that's a need. These aren't wants. Defensive end, that's a need. Safety, is that a need? Or can you improve there? Or did you see the improvement coming back? Offensive guard, we talked about this. I That offensive line hasn't been healthy in almost two years. And even when they are healthy, I don't know if they're moving anybody. I, I go back to what I heard earlier this week. and I keep saying that. It's only Tuesday. It feels like it's forever. But they're specifically talked about yesterday on ESPN nationally how the Eagles general manager targeted... And did whatever it take, it took to make Jalen Hurts successful because they knew, he, okay, he can run. He's a strength. But we're going to do that. And what they did a little bit differently than, than with Baltimore is because Baltimore can go, hey, look, you got an MVP in Lamar Jackson, which by the way, I have an update on that coming up. But they never got him the receivers. Like Jalen Hurts has two pretty darn good receivers as well and a host of running backs. To help them with it. I mean, the Ravens brought in Mark Ingram hoping it up. The Ravens offense is just Lamar Jackson. He doesn't have the weapons at receiver or additional running backs. You looked at that game on Sunday. I think it was like three different running backs that scored. And I know it makes you sick to your stomach. Nobody ever talks about Boston Scott, who used to be a saint, could have been here. Yeah, you've seen what career he's had in Philly. But yeah, that's the point. So... It's helping his best asset. Doesn't have to run the whole game. Doesn't have to throw the whole game. When he does, you're giving him capable weapons. But you have to, you have to block. Even in the season's first game. Jameis was running for his life. He can't read it. I don't care if he can't read a defense. Half the time when he dropped back, he was getting hit. Well, Jameis is just not a good... You can tell me that he's not a good quarterback. The guy said hut, 
and your left guard and tackle were missing players and they were coming in freely. So yeah, offensive line. I, I, th- depth at the very minimum. And if not, I think you can upgrade at some of those spots. He also has receiver. I, I keep saying it. I, I know, I, I, I understand there's a section of this fan base that cannot wait to read the tweet. Michael Thomas has been released by the Saints. I understand that. I guess. I guess. I mean, his own teammates are saying, the guy's trying to get out there. He wants to play. But I, y'all could, I'm not, I'm not, there's nothing I can say that's going to convince Saints fans that don't know for a fact. But believe with every breath they take that Michael Thomas purposely does not want to play football. Not, I can't tell you anything that I think is contrary to that. It doesn't matter. Regardless, for those that can't wait for him to leave, who are you replacing him with? The head coach said in his final season presser, they need a contested catch receiver. So that's a need. That's a need. I right, you go draft. Okay. You're running out of draft picks though, by the way. Remember, you don't have that many. So free agency is probably going to be another era to try to help that. And that's what I'm saying. Like, can you, can you disagree with what John is saying? These are needs. It's a lot of needs, which is why. My case for a Derek Carr trade, I can't make. Would Derek Carr and this team make them better? Absolutely. He's a good quarterback. He can throw the football down. The guy wants to be a leader. Like I, 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 I get he's polarizing for some reason to some people on the team. And they, what he's better than what you have. I mean, there's no arguing that. The guy's going to throw the ball a lot better than anybody you have there. There's no doubt. I'm looking at it from a financial reason. Do I want to spend a hundred plus million over the next couple of seasons and have that tied into him when I have that many needs? Or are we over exaggerating? Do we really have a need at D tackle? Do we really have a need at running back? Do we really have a need at defensive end? Do we really have a need at safety? Do we really have a need on the offensive line, guard in particular? Do we really have a need? Gus Rashid Shahid. Look, I mean, that's what they do. This team just finds receivers. Don't mistake an occasional big play for an NFL starting receiver as a one or a two. A complimentary receiver? Sure. A nice piece? Yeah. But, like, I think you can use them. I think you find ways to get them the, the football. But I'm talking about the it's third and something. Who am I going to? Right? We're down in the game. Two-minute drill. Who are the guys that I know are going to get open? Those are different type of receivers and stuff. My point is, you don't have very many of those. On this team. I think you have one. Jarvis Landry's coming. He's a free agent. I mean, you got to bring him back. Are you bringing him back? Does he want to come back? I've kind of been told, hey, you know, he want to, he came here to play with Jameis. Jameis, I, I, I don't see him back, right? 
So there's a lot of variables. There's a lot of needs. I, I, I for one, am making the case against a Derek Carr trade because I would rather take that money. I would rather take whatever draft capital I'm going to need because he's not a free agent. You have to trade for him. I'll offer a four. That's fine. There's my, there might be other teams offering more. That's the problem. Raiders choose. He has a no trade clause. Yeah, he does. It could get complicated and he could force his way out because he wants to come here and all that. I'm just saying, man, that guy's going to be able to choose his best place. He's not younger. He's getting older. He's going to choose with a team that he thinks can play. Now, other teams, I mean, other players can look at this. He may look at it. The Saints aren't that far away. I trust what Dennis Allen can do. Chris Richard is the lone defensive coordinator. It's great. Um, I know Cam George there. I, that, you know, they can go find the DN in free agency. They can go, you know, grab some guys in the draft. I, I, that's fine. And he may think he can elevate everybody else around him. I, I'm just answering the question for myself. I'm making the case against a move like that. And I'm throwing in Jimmy G too. I mean, I just, that guy's been hurt a lot. And I don't know if it's fair or not. But the, uh, the meme, the photo, the video of him just smiling away while his team's getting drugged. I mean, I just, I don't know how that comes across to y'all. But, I mean, and it could have been just that one moment. But it doesn't look good when the offense is coming off the field. The camera's capturing him for a quick second as they're following the rest of the offense heading to the bench. His quarterback's injured, and he's just grinning away. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't know, man. I, I'm going to make a pass. Anyway, let's talk a little women's basketball up in Baton Rouge. Fifth. 15,000 were at the PMAC last night. Scott Rabelais uh, talks Lady Tiger basketball. We come back on ESPN New Orleans. If your business needs serious hustle, our internet has plenty. Switch to Rev Business All Fiber Internet with fiber optic velocity close to the speed of light. Sign up and get three months free and 30% off. Build your plan at letsrev.biz. Let's Rev. Whoever said you can't have it all, never had internet that could do it all. Switch to Rev. No contracts, no data caps, no nonsense. It's the high-speed internet you need. Build your plan at Let'sRev.com. Let's Rev. As a leader in the oil and gas industry, Joe's Septic Contractors caters to oil field clients, offering vacuum truck service for offshore tanks, vessels, or treatment plants containing sewage or gray water. Their rental department offers state-of-the-art offshore portable toilets with cages and certified safety slings for easy maneuvering, also holding tank rentals and portable hand-washing stations. Call Joe's Septic Contractors 24-7 in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville Reserve, and now Odessa, Texas. Visit Joe's Septic at viscom.net. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Even though I'll be 50 years old here, it doesn't mean that I'm like an old guy. I, I just don't do certain things. And I was having a conversation with a younger uh, kid. Uh, 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 in fact, a 10-year-old kid. Okay. And we were just having a conversation because I was joking around with him, my son, about where I met his mom at on the, on the internet. I said, oh, I, I found her on the internet. You know, it was just one of those situations that he got into. Wait a minute, the internet? How did you find? What do you mean? Uh-huh. And then he said, um, 
on Tinder. And I'm like, what the hell you know about Tinder? <laughs> you know, and I don't know. I don't even know what the app looks like. Why would you ever? Because it's psychos, man. Uh-huh. Some weird people out there in the world. Yeah. And, 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 and as far as we know, I could be talking to you on the other end, but I'm actually thinking it's something else. You get and catfish. then all of a sudden, it's Freddie Coleman. GJ and Max, followed by Greeny. Mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the Major League. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. First and free throw line. Is it not going? Morris has it. Morris to the bucket. Layup. Good. Oh, yeah, it's good. 64-52. This one of the highlights there last night at the PMAC as LSU wins to improve the 21-0 and on the season. Mr. Scott Rabelais, sports columnist for The Advocate, was there covering the team and everything else up there in Baton Rouge. Sir, thank you for your time this afternoon. How are you, Scott? I'm doing well, Gus. Thank you. Wasn't that loud? Wasn't that loud? I saw 15,000. It was was very loud at at times. It really was, especially like uh, I think I'm I'm recalling one particular play when uh, Angel Reese knocked the ball away near the top of the key and and, uh, got it back and drove in for an uncontested layup. Uh, It it got very loud at times. I mean, it was a lot of people there. It it really was um, official attendance. Maybe there was an empty seat or two. Uh, here and there, but it was a huge crowd, and uh, they were into the game uh, from from tip to to buzzer. When you look at last night, Alexis Moore scored a career high thirty one points. We've seen what Reese has been able to do this year here as well, keeping her double double streak alive. But I, I kind of want to go back to before you even got to this point, right? They hire Kim, and and she comes out there and right. challenges the fan base immediately. Season tickets. A whole different attitude. I was at that game last year. I was still calling basketball for Tulane women's hoops. And I mean, that was, that was an okay talented team, right? But you could tell the coaching and getting the most out of players. How have you seen this program change though year in a year and a half though, Scott? Well, it's definitely a large, to a large degree, the force of her personality and her will. I mean, like this is a woman who has, you look at her entire athletic career, it's hard to believe one person did this. She was at Hammond High School. They won state the state title all four years. She went to Louisiana Tech. They won the last AAW national title, the first NCAA title. She won a gold medal in the Olympics. She won a gold medal in the Pan American Games. She won as an assistant coach. She's won three national titles in Baylor, and she comes here immediately, and she's she won 26 games last year, and they're 21-0 and third in the country this year. She she uh, She's demanding. She, she, she demands a high standard, like a lot of the great players and a lot of the great Coaches, you know, you know, uh, as I say, a rising tide lifts all boats, and she demands a lot from her players, from her staff, from the support staff, from from LSU. They, she's asked for all kinds of things in terms of, you know, adding, having a bigger staff than uh, than what her predecessor Nikki Fargus did, and uh, and facilities and all that that kind of thing. And uh, but she she wanted she she made it she made it her cause celeb to have the Simone Augusta statue put up. Uh, something that LSU kind of spun its wheels on for years. It's up now, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, the, the, she uh, she's just she's just someone who doesn't take no for an answer and doesn't settle for anything less than the best. And you know, people say, there's a lot of chatter on the message boards. Who's going to be the first of the coaches that Scott Woodward is hired to win a national championship? Brian Kelly, Jay Johnson, her, you know, Matt McMahon. You know, got more work to do. My money might be on Kim Mulkey. 
Interesting. Scott Rabelais, sports columnist for The Advocate at Rabelais ADV over on Twitter for The Advocate. Um, I, we're going to talk about what's coming up here, right, uh, against South Carolina. But really, again, Scott, having called women's basketball for so long, it was UConn and, and what they were able to do. And he said it. Gino said it. Don't hate us. It's going to force the sport to get better. I have seen the talent, and I think more teams – more coaches, more universities investing. You are seeing it, right? And, and and I think LSU's the latest example, even though they had success in the past, but of seeing where women's basketball is today. It's a little different than it was a couple of years ago. Yeah, I think so. I mean, look look at South Carolina now. I mean, as as you as you well know, they had no tradition before Dom Staley came there. I mean, uh, you know, Kim is trying to revive the tradition that LSU had. From you know the Simone Augustus, Sylvia Fowles, Tamika Johnson days, five straight you know, trips to the Final Four, and and that sort of thing. She's trying to revive that. South Carolina didn't have that, and then there are other schools you can you can point to. And uh, yeah, I think more schools are investing uh, in in the sport. Look, you have the people say you know these sports don't make money. Well, Title IX says you have to have an equivalent number of scholarships for men and for women, and there's no women women's equivalent for football. So you got to have things, and you got to be good, but you have to have the commitment. Uh, to to be very good, and Kim Mulkey wasn't leaving Baylor for a lot less money just to come home. She she was willing to come home, but a commitment had to be there. Scott Woodward and LSU showed her that, and you, you're seeing LSU already reap the benefits of that with a team that this year is very good, and a team that next year with the number one recruiting class coming in could be, right. you know, definitely one of the teams to beat in the country. That's what I was going to say in terms of where are they in terms of legit chances at a national championship here. I know got two more games to go, hosting Georgia at A&M, and then you have that battle in South Carolina. What is it, co- collision in Columbia? Is that what they're calling it? <laughs> ready for that's that? what I called it. That's, yeah. that's what I called it in my column today, sure. No, I love it. That's what I said when I was reading. I was like, I love this. Um, what, what are their odds? Are they a Final Four team, at least? Yeah, I mean, it's still a, a, it's a little better – Easier to judge now. I mean, Tennessee was the better team, best team that they've played on this schedule, even though they don't have a great record. They've played just a really brutal schedule. Um, so, they, they, but they're talented. And LSU was able to beat them. Uh, this is the last game, quite frankly, LSU could lose on this schedule is, is South Carolina in the regular season. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I, yeah, South Carolina is just so good this year. They returned just about everyone from last year's national championship team. UConn has had a lot of injuries. Stanford is another team people re- regard highly. Uh, I talked to Charlie Cream, who does the women's bracketology. He's the women's version of Joe, uh, Joe Lenardi uh, on ESPN for bracketology. He doesn't think LSU is going to get a, a number one regional seed because of their strength of schedule. It's still uh, looking at it's still like 105 in the country, you know, which is pretty poor because of their non-conference uh, uh, strength of schedule. So, but they're going to be in the mix. He thinks they could be a Final Four team, and I, I, I agree with that. I think I think anyone faces an uphill battle to beat South Carolina this year at their place in the NCAA tournament and the SEC tournament or whatever. But um, but they, they can certainly be a Final Four team and lay the groundwork for a national championship run next year. And and you could have that one day where you could you could uh, you could win. But I, I think this year's you know they went from they were pretty good last year and, and they yeah they had some holes. This year they got they got post players who can score. They're very good this year. They could be just tremendous next year. I think something that will be interesting to see in that game too, fair or not fair. Dawn Staley, when, when Kim got hired, she's like, wouldn't it be nice if Nikki got all the things that Kim 
you know, oh, yes. was being given. So, and, and look, I mean, again, fair, not fair. I, I know, did, did that add a little, little bit to this matchup here? Cause it's not just the two teams, it's the two coaches going at it too, right? <laughs> no question. I, I, I don't want to say there's a hatred between those two, two sure. coaches. I think there's certainly, I, there's certainly a, there's certainly a mutual, perhaps grudging respect, but there, but there's respect. But, um, yeah, Don Staley said that after the game last year here in Baton Rouge when uh, LSU led much of the game and South Carolina only ended up winning by six. He said Nikki Fargus had this kind of support. They could do this. Look, I can tell you Nikki Fargus would not have done this with any kind of support. I'm, I'm sorry. Okay, she's not a Hall of Fame coach. Um, and Don Staley said that because she perceives Kim Mulkey and LSU now as a threat. They're, they're a threat to their supremacy in the SEC, which they have they – have, Richly deserved, and they have they have definitely right. uh, you know, worked hard to achieve. And like I said, she built something there that just didn't exist before. Mm-hmm. But it's a threat. I, I hope we see something like the ten year war, like between Shim Beckler and Woody Hayes. Nice. You know that you had back in there. I'd love to see that. Mm-hmm. I think that would be great. And and this game, you know, I don't, and I don't think Don Staley or Kim Mulkey or anyone could have predicted that it's probably going to be LSU should win these next two games. It should be one versus three at least uh, when they play in Columbia on Super Bowl Sunday. And uh, is South Carolina probably going to win? Yeah. You know, but obviously if LSU could win out and go 28-1 in the regular season, that wouldn't be anything bad to uh, to look at. But it, it's, it's, definitely, it's definitely something, uh, this is, you know, something that she didn't see. As, she knew she'd have to deal with Tennessee and sure. things like that. But, but this, is, this is a different threat that she sees now from LSU, and, and she knows it's coming. Wrapping up with Scott Rabelais of the Advocate Sports Columnist. And I think, you know, it's when you look at a coach and when he comes into a program, whether it's revitalizing, as you said, or starting it over as Dawn did, it, you got to get people to pay attention and get that interest. She's got that going, Kim. And, and now it's about players. You need players and top players in order to win national championships that can just dominate. And in basketball, you can have one that can sort of do that. LSU this year has got, as you mentioned with Morris and Reese kind of leading the way, and you mentioned the recruiting class. That's what I think of when I think of South Carolina, Stanford, UConn, or even some of these other teams. Large, tall, athletic. And that's what where I, what I've seen the game change. Like they are some, you know, tall girls now that are just – Athletic everywhere, shooting the three, dominant, sort of like Reese is for LSU. Yes, exactly. Like I said, they have the number one recruiting class coming next year. Michaela Williams is arguably the number one player in the country. Uh, she's from Parkway and up in uh, Bossier City. They made it to the state final and lost a great game to Pachatula last year uh, in the uh, in the state finals. And then she's got a, another. She's got a center uh, coming, uh, Aliyah Del Rosario from the state of Tennessee. Uh, six five five star post player. LSU is the only team in the country to get two top ten players in ESPN's um, top one hundred this year, and then they got another point guard too from her school named Velez coming in who will have to replace Morris. That's the big loss for next year is is Morris and uh, Ladasia Williams, who's an unsung hero as a small forward. But uh, uh, the uh, yeah, they've got a, they've got you got to stack some talent, and 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 they are doing that now. And of course, Reese has just blossomed in a way that no one could quite have expected. You know, she's fifth in the nation in scoring and second in rebounding and a double double every game and was a top transfer from Maryland. So, um, like I said, they're putting it together and it's, it's, it's continuing to build for LSU. This is not, last night was not just the, the goal. There are right. bigger goals in mind for LSU. Yeah, no doubt. So I want you on to that just because you can definitely see where this process is sort of going and, and it, it takes a bit to get there, but it's exciting when you have not only a crowd like that and you see 
the social media uh, aspect of it. It was funny seeing Cody Warsham who writes for you know the school website. He's like, dude, I mean. We need contraflow. Like, there's traffic, you know, to get all back to those games. And it's, it's funny to see, man. It's great to see because you want support, you know. Well, it, you know, it's um, it's yeah, LSU women's basketball was really big at one time. And the, when Simone played, it was 20 years ago. They filled the PMAC for the very first time like for a game against Tennessee. That's uh, Simone's freshman year. And, uh, you know, they had a lot of great years, like I said, the five straight Final Fours and all those great players. And uh, it's uh, it's it's waned since then. Just a few years ago, like 2019, they were averaging 800 fans a game. You know, they, you know, for a home game, something like that. And uh, so it's it's nice to see that LSU women's basketball is relevant again. LSU fans will come out for any kind of team, men's or women's, if they win. They come out for gymnastics. They lead the nation in the tennis and gymnastics. True. They lead the nation in tennis and baseball, and uh, you know, and, and and certainly football and men's basketball. If they get their act together, so. They'll come out if you give them something to root for. And, and I think they're a little afraid not to come out either. Kim will call them out and say, where are you people if, <laughs> if they're not coming to the game? <laughs> she will. She will call you out if that's the case. Be careful when you're around campus and ask you to put your name and number or business name because uh she's making a list and thinking of it twice. I love it. Scott Rabelais at Rabelais ADV is the way to follow on Twitter. He's a sports columnist for The Advocate, covers LSU and everything up there in Baton Rouge. Thank you so much, Scott. Appreciate it, sir. My pleasure, guys. Thank you for having me. Yep, for sure. Good stuff there. And again, should be fun. So remember, Super Bowl Sunday, LSU out South Carolina. Got two games before that. We'll keep an eye on what happens with the Lady Tigers until then. Quick break. We come back. Open up the phone lines. 800-998-1003 in the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic Hotline. It's the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Let me guess. Unknown caller. You could reduce the number of unwanted calls and emails with online privacy protection. The latest innovation from Discover will help regularly remove your personal info, like your name and address, from 10 popular people search websites that could sell your data. And we'll do it for free. Activate in the Discover app. See terms and learn more at discover.com slash online privacy protection. Every pro is an MVP to us. As a Lowe's MVPs Rewards member, you can earn bonus points when you shop select products and brands. Then redeem them for exciting rewards like tools, sports memorabilia, e-gift cards, and more. Join today to become a member and start earning. Bonus points calculated before taxes and fees after applicable discounts, if any. Subject to program terms. While supplies last. Points expire at end of calendar year. Visit Lowe's.com slash MVPs bonus points for details. Hi, I'm Marcel Spears. Keeping our global neighborhood safe is a tough job, one made just a bit safer with the help of America's brave military dogs. These dogs, who often take the same risks and make the same sacrifices as our human warriors, keep our troops safe by sniffing out bombs and IEDs, locating enemy positions, and bringing a sense of comfort and home to an almost unimaginable circumstance. Yet, when these brave canine heroes retire... They're not always given the same treatment as our military VIPs and are too often left overseas. American Humane works to bring home these valiant dogs and reunite them with the people who mean the most to them, their handlers, so they can enjoy happy, healthy, well-deserved retirements. To learn how you can help America's four-footed heroes, visit AmericanHumane.org. 
agent. A man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. Give us a buzz on the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic Hotline. There it is. NBA Live. Malika Andrews. Gargantuan screen behind her. The King's Quest. 117 points to go. Madison Square Garden tonight for the Lakers. As uh, you know, they will be in town on Saturday. As I famously already said, the Pelicans will probably have two players fall out in that first quarter since LeBron has come out on record. Let everybody know that they, the league, is out to get them. Forget that. I'll never forget that. Out to get them. How dare they not let him have those four-point plays? Anyway, so he has to get 117 points between New York tonight. That's the first game of TNT's doubleheader. Pelicans, Nuggets, the second game. Then they're at Indiana against the Pacers on Thursday and then play here in New Orleans on Saturday. I read uh, going into that Boston game, essentially he would have to Average 29 points and then need 33 in New Orleans. I haven't seen an updated stat there, but obviously after tonight, you'll get a better indication. All I know is that he needs 117 points in order to get the scoring record. If you're in attendance, Saturday, are you booing or are you cheering? Seriously, are you booing or are you cheering? It is history. Legit. Like, he becomes the all-time NBA scorer ever. And I've seen some people on social media say, if you boo, that will be attached to you because that piece of audio, that piece of video, it's going to live forever. Say he drains a fadeaway three or dunks it in. Game stopped. Is the SKC cheering and applauding or are they booing? I, for one, legitimately, honestly, I I think you have to recognize greatness or moments in history as they were. I was there that night where I think it was game four or five uh, in a row where Kobe Bryant dropped 50. I, I and, and I remember the crowd just going bananas. Just like, it's incredible. I mean, of course you want your team to win. I wasn't rooting against the Hornets at the time, but that just doesn't happen. You know? And I do think being a part of history and seeing it, I think is special. I mean, however you want to look at that team or him and his career and the heat. And look, I call him LaBooBoo. I get it. But that's, it's a sports thing. You root for it. I'm saying that night, that'd be pretty cool to see history. Now, does he do it when he goes back home? They'll host OKC. A lot of people believe that he'll, he'll check out and make sure he, he gets that number at home. Uh, instead of on the road. Again, you, the, the fact we're even considering that somebody can score 117 points in the next three games ought to tell you why I think you should cheer if you're at the Smoothie King Center and, and, he, and he breaks the record. 117 points. I'm just hoping some Pels players get 10. I'm just saying. I'm being honest. Like, 117 points in three games. And the fact that, like, we're like, oh, yeah, I think he could do it. I think he could do it. 
It's crazy. I, I don't know. I, I, for one, I think you'll have more cheering in the Smoothie King Center than not. Right now, so do the math, 117 points needed. He needs to average 39 in each game in the next three. So that's where it's at on that. So we've been talking a little bit about the Pels taking on the Nuggets tonight. Again, Todd Graffinini joined us in hour number one. Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum expected to play today. They were at shoot-around. They were good to go. It's what it is. Teams are not playing their star players right now, especially coming off of injury or what have you, or if they are injured, on back-to-backs. LeBron and AD did not play yesterday as the Lakers lost to the Nets. They're both expected to play tonight against the Knicks in Madison Square Garden. Um, my guess is you see both of them, obviously, on Saturday. There's no back-to-backs in between. There is a day in between. We've also been talking about Sean Payton, the very latest. Where is he going to go? Where is he not? I want to give you one bit of NFL news. The Ravens, per Ian Rappaport, will be franchise-tagging Lamar Jackson this offseason. According to Ian Rappaport, adds that... His sense is that it would be the exclusive franchise tag, which prevents teams from signing him. Now, you can be franchise tagged, and a team can go try to get you, but you have to give up a first-round draft pick, right? Now, this is a situation where they're not allowing that to happen. I, that probably can get contentious with the player if you're not paying him what he wants and then you're preventing him from negotiating, it, it could be an issue, right, when you look at it from that standpoint. Now, the franchise tag numbers came out yesterday. 32.416 is what it is for a quarterback. So if Lamar Jackson's franchise tagged, that means the Ravens are willing to pay him one year for $32 million. When you look at... Aaron Rodgers making more than fifty-eight million next year with the with the Packers, which is something they have to consider whether or not they trade him or not. That you can see that. I mean, it's it's substantial. They got a couple of quarterbacks that are making forty. He's making thirty-two. Now, granted, you and I are going to give me thirty-two. We're not Lamar Jackson. I know it's a different world, but I'm just saying that's probably why you always hear players saying, "I don't want to be franchise tag." Um. From that, especially with the way he plays and all that, you probably want a long-term deal, a lot of guaranteed money. This is just $32 million. I can't expect that if he gets exclusively franchise tagged, he'll be happy about that. And he probably shouldn't be, to be honest with you. So it's something to think about from that standpoint. But back to the Sean Payton thing. Adam Schefter had this to say on the Pat McAfee show earlier uh, yesterday. That leaves us with Indianapolis, Denver, and Arizona. Um, Arizona... Reached out this morning to Lou Anarumo. So that would tell you that they probably don't believe that they're going to be in a position to close on Sean Payton huh. uh, because they wouldn't be making other calls and reaching out to other candidates at this point in time if that were the case. Now, where they wind up, I don't know. I think Brian Flores would be outstanding. I think Aaron Glenn would be outstanding. Lou Anarumo would make a lot of sense. They have some guys that obviously would be pretty strong there in Arizona. And Tony Rank, he covers the Broncos. He is the Broncos insider for Channel 7. He hosts the Broncos podcast. He's also a 104.3 The Fan. He's the 2019 Colorado Sportscaster of the Year. In other words, the guy probably knows what he's talking about, right? He uh, he had this to say four hours ago. 
The Broncos coaching search has been methodical and a bit unpredictable. But let's be honest. If the Broncos are going to take a big swing, and that's what my sources say, then it looks like the last remaining candidate is Sean Payton. He has the best resume. He started this process as the front runner. In New Orleans, he won a Super Bowl. He won seven division crowns, and he had the highest scoring offense for 14 years of his 15-year tenure there. He also knows how to work with possibly a Hall of Fame quarterback in Russell Wilson. He did it with Drew Brees. Now, they have a dramatically different skill set, but the two know each other, and Wilson would embrace the challenge of being coached by Peyton. Now, it comes with complications. It's going to sting in terms of draft pick compensation, a first-rounder, maybe a third-rounder. But when I look at everything left, I suggest that it comes back to Sean Payton. So as this Broncos coaching search continues to move forward, there is one name who's won, who's won a title, who has a Super Bowl ring, and is available. It's complicated, but he's sitting there. That would be Sean Payton. There it is. So we'll see what happens here. I I do agree with a lot of what Ian said on on his Twitter post here as well, and even some of the audio that we played a little bit earlier. I... I think you're going to get a lot of stuff done here this week. I thought John Sigler brought up a very good point. The next Saints defensive line coach likely will be announced at the end of this week or so. Everyone's there. Currently employed, wanting to be employed. I mean, there are stories galore of literally you go to the bathroom and there's resumes in there. I'm serious. So this is where people try to get jobs this is where networking happens this is where deals get done that's what's happening you're also going to hear from mickey loomis this week they always talk um you have a host of reporters here from the area covering it here as well as i mentioned earlier when john was on from the saints wire maddie hudak and ross jackson are out there all the tvs everybody's out there so you'll get an idea of what's coming and what to go but i do think With the Combine the following week, these teams want to get their head coaches wrapped up by this week. I I would be absolutely shocked if I wrap up Friday at 3 o'clock and Sean Payton isn't, we already, we don't know if he's going to Fox or if he's coaching a team. Because I think the Broncos, I think the Texans, I'm surprised we hadn't seen a tweet that it is D'Amico Ryan's. I mean, he, Met with him this morning was the second interview. All indications is that he'll be the next coach there. But I just can't imagine more and more that it's not going to be there. And more importantly, whether or not it, you know, takes place or not. But it does look more and more since four interviews were scheduled after Sean Payton left Arizona. I think it's Fox or the Broncos. Or that mystery team. Could it be the mystery team? What mystery team do you think it would be? I don't think it's a mystery team. So we'll see what happens. Buddy, let's take the break a bit early. And then when we come back, the professor and I will go over again some of the responses in our question of the day. Make a case for, make a case against trading for Derek Carr, Jeremy Fowler from ESPN saying he thinks that it's going to heat up this week. Um, specifically with uh, with Carr and, and what that trade is. A quick bite. 
It needs to happen relatively soon because he's got that $40 million in guarantees that kicks in shortly after the Super Bowl. So I'm told that this trade talk hasn't really sparked yet, but in the next few weeks it definitely will. So the Raiders are in control of the trade, but Carr has a no-trade clause. So they have to decide how much they want to get Carr involved in those talks, if he can go initiate a trade with another team. So it's my understanding that a lot of these dominoes have to fall Senior Bowl coming up this week. That's usually a place where teams like to meet and, and debate and mm-hmm. talk about possibilities. So things could heat up here soon. All right. So there you go. Quick break. We come back. We'll wrap up today's show. Matt Moscona. And after further review is coming up at the top of the hour. It is the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Ontario, Douay, Ontario. More than just an insurance company, they're marine insurance specialists. Whether it's fishing boats, cabin cruisers, sailboats, or marine industry, you can trust Terrio Douay Ontario to get you the coverage you need at a price you deserve for your home, your auto, life, fire, and health. They've been taking care of people since 1957. Call Terrio Douay Ontario at 475-5126. Just ask for Lynn Pierce or David O. along Bayou Lafouche in Golden Meadow. Simply free. Don't those two words go together nicely? Especially when they describe the very best in daily money management. At SL Bank, our Simply Free checking account provides you the tools you need to manage your account and to make life a little easier. Want to know more about Simply Free checking? Just talk with us today at SL Bank. Member FDIC. Balance. You may know what that word means, but can you apply its meaning to your body? You see, it's all about the brain. At Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic, doctors work to locate and remove any nerve interference so your brain can communicate clearly with your body and help you correctly heal quicker. Located in Lakeview and West Harrison, Dr. Josh Roulette and his team at UCFC utilize a number of therapies to make your road to pain relief, recovery, and total body wellness efficient and effective. Go to ucfamilychiropractic.com for more information. Educate yourself on your body and let us get you back to balance. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the major league. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Three. One other quick thing, too, to post here as well to kind of give you something to keep an eye on, too. Does Aaron Rodgers get traded again? $58 million, over 58, was what the Packers would have to pay. And, um... If they kept Aaron Rodgers for next year, Dan Graziano to I mean, the Jets. When you think about the, their need, uh, the strength of their roster otherwise, the connections uh, he has on the coaching staff, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. If he ends up being traded, I, I think that's a that's a spot a lot of people are watching very closely. So there you go. So that's Dan Graziano kind of adding that aspect to it. Does Rodgers get traded, Mr. Professor, to the Jets? Then Jimmy G probably doesn't go there. The Colts in position to draft the quarterback. Panthers in position likely to draft the quarterback. But do they also go vet to kind of start it there? I think that's something that that Carr kind of thinks about too as well, right? And Jimmy G. Like, do they want to go to a team that has a younger quarterback waiting in the wings in a year or two? That might be in the favor of the Saints if they are in the market for a veteran starting quarterback, in particularly those two, right? Because there is none. Right now. I mean, I, I do think that that is something Derek Carr would think of, too. Because even with the Jets, you got Zach Wilson, you got others. Now, obviously, I think you've moved on from him. But I, I don't know. 
if you're a veteran quarterback that's been around for a while, you probably want to go somewhere that's established, somewhere that you could probably win now instead of trying to build and wait for a little while because you don't have that much time left. You know, a guy like Derek Carr would probably want to go somewhere where it's set up to where he could possibly he could go to the playoffs next season and win right now. Uh, you look at a guy like Baker Mayfield, Baker May- he may have a couple years there, so he may be able to go someplace where they can build and that grow and get to a place where they can be established. But he's been to the playoffs in Cleveland. You know, so he's a guy who probably wants to go somewhere and try to win now because he's already been to a team and taken them to the playoffs. So he probably doesn't want to regress. I, so each quarterback has their different situation that they're probably looking for this offseason for a team. I think if I'm Baker Mayfield, I am, I'm probably staying in LA. You got Mike LaFleur there, right? Um, I mean, Stafford spent most of the season injured. Mm-hmm. You have the great McVay. Like, if anything, maybe I kind of almost use that for the season like coaches use Alabama's the rehabilitation program. You know what I'm saying? Kind of rehab your image. You can come in. What he did last year was see nice. Learn those habits. Get, get whatever. If you have to come in and spot and start, the things of that nature. I, I just, as opposed to, I, he's not getting a massive contract anybody, anywhere else, huh? I mean, no, I wouldn't think so, depending on what team it is, because some teams will just pay to pay, right. you know. That's probably what Jimmy G is going to get this season if he goes somewhere else. Somebody is going to pay to pay because he could stay in San Francisco himself. Right. Uh, There's quarterback situation the way that it is, but I still think Tom Brady's going to San Francisco, but maybe I that's just too. me. No, I mean, it makes all the sense in the world. Why wouldn't he? He's got the defense. He's got the weapons around him. He's got Shanahan just basically – you know, don't pull something. Just one more year. Just get one it. more year to retire with Why his not? Why not? Possibly get that Montana glory. I don't know. But why I mean, not? It's, Uncle, yeah, why not? Uncle Earl, thank you for giving us a buzz here. What you got for us, man? Hey, hey, Goose, how you and the professors doing, man? I'm um, doing well, man. What you got? Hey, what did Mickey say? We're closer to a championship now. What the hell is he drinking? Smoking? <laughs> Son of a bitch. Hey, Goose, the, like, I agree with you, man. I know the professor with, like, I don't give a rat's butt what quarterback you get. If you don't have no O-line, he's going to get killed. We're going to be horrible next year. I hate to say it. I'm a huge Saints fan. Mm-hmm. But I'm like you. you got to build from the inside out, man. we got to go get some, some hogs. You remember Washington? Yeah. The O-line they used to get, the hogs. I want beef. We need some hogs, man. I want some big old beef. I want some of the booty coming out of the pants. I want to see some gut. I need I need some beef, Professor. <laughs> I need oh. some beef. I want to see some people being moved. You know what I'm man, saying? Uh, I mean, I do. Ooh, yeah. That's hey, hey, uh, hey, Goose, I want to ask the professor something really quick because, okay. uh, I just took the, uh, I just took the, uh, the under tonight with the, uh, again, with us and the Nuggets. How do you feel about that, professor? So, so you took, uh, the, uh, the Pelican, the, oh, the under on the Nuggets, professor. He's asking you, should you take yeah, the it, under? Yeah, I think it was 231. Uh, under the Nuggets here. I can pull it up. What's the number? I will give it to you in two thirty one, I believe. It is two thirty and a half. It's gone down a half a point. Uh yeah. I'd say take the under on that. Uh and also I took the I'm nervous about this, but I I took the uh I took the under with uh Milwaukee and also Cleveland. But two defensive teams, but Milwaukee is not. 
So you took Milwaukee and Cleveland as well with the unders. Um, the over under in the Cleveland yeah. Heat game is two hundred and ten. That's at yep. Cleveland, and the yep. Bucks are hosting the Hornets. And the over under there is two forty four. Professor, how, how you like those? The under with Bucks Hornets is a safe one. Uh, Cavs Heat, I would actually go over with that one. I think that's gonna. They're both gonna score a good bit of yeah, points. You got point. Mello on the side, Donovan Mitchell on the other. So I'd go over with Heat Cavaliers. Uh, that's gonna just gonna be a fun game to watch. But I take the over in that one. I take yeah. the under with Pelicans Nuggets. Uh, give me the under with uh Hornets Bucks and uh just for poops and giggles. Uh, give me the under. No, give me the over for Clips and Bulls. Okay. I uh, appreciate Hey, what if we got 4K for a quarterback next? When do 4K oh, will come in there? Poor 4K. Wait, if what, 4K's what, starting what? with his 30th surgery, he just got his <laughs> rotator cuff fixed. <laughs> Thank you, Uncle Earl. Appreciate the phone call. Hey, got like 30 seconds left. You're a professor. All right, for sure. Um, all right, LeBron and the Knicks. It's game one of the TNT doubleheader. It's Pels and Nuggets after that. By the way, I just sent it to the graph. NBA Today just posted um, – just talked about this. The Pelicans are allowing 71% field goal shooting at the rim this season. It is the worst in the NBA. So if there's going to be a trade or a move, it's probably going to be a rim protector. This is what I got to ask you. Got like 30 seconds. Lakers at the Knicks. LeBron needs 39 in the next three games to get to 117 points. Does he get 39 tonight in Madison Square Garden? 100%. There's no way he's not going to get 39 in MSG. That's part of the reason he didn't want to play that other game so he could play this one in order to be healthy enough and rested enough in order to do it. He gets it tonight. I agree. I agree. I think he goes 43, 43 maybe. Give, give me 50. 50? Give me 50. You're going LeBron. for a 50 burger. All give, right. give me a 50 burger tonight in the, in the garden. Give All me 50. Right. Don't forget uh, over at Boomtown, the professor will be there Thursday. From 10 to noon. Thank you, bud. We'll see you soon. Bye, my boy. All right. We will be over at Francesca by Katie's Deli and Pizzeria this Thursday here as well as we were last week. We're going to do it again for another week. Matt Moscone after further review is up now on ESPN New Orleans. It's the start of something new sales event at Southland Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with the Rams. Long-lasting new pickups are their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram truck or van at Southland Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Following a natural disaster, it is imperative that insurance companies respond quickly for our communities begin to rebuild. Louisiana law requires prompt adjustment of claims as well as payment following a storm. If your insurance company failed to pay your claim within 30 days following inspection of your property, please call us at AMO Trial Lawyers, 985-446-3333. That's 985-446-3333. You may have an additional claim for recovery. AMO Trowlers. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand related items. 
Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse. 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. Balance. You may know what that word means, but can you apply its meaning to your body? You see, it's all about the brain. At Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic, doctors work to locate and remove any nerve interference so your brain can communicate clearly with your body and help you correctly heal quicker. Located in Lakeview and West Harrison, Dr. Josh Roulette and his team at UCFC utilize a number of therapies to make your road to pain relief, recovery, and total body wellness efficient and effective. Go to ucfamilychiropractic.com for more information. Educate yourself on your body and let us get you 